You're listening to Action Line. I'm your host today, Jordan Lewis, and joining me in the studio today is Michael Siri from UAS. Michael, how are you doing today? I am really good, Jordan. That's fantastic. Now, I understand that you handle a lot of the business end of things for the university. Is that correct? That's right. I'm the, I'm the, I've got an impressive job title, which I'm always a little bit embarrassed to, to say. I'm the vice chancellor for administration. So that means I get, to, I get to handle what I think of as the fun stuff, which is you know the budget, the business operations, information technology, facilities, sort of fiscal planning, that type of stuff. Okay. And so how I know another big topic really with the university is looking at like the budget and how that's kind of panning out. So what's going on there? Well, you know, it's an, it, we're in an interesting moment because, you know, the, the, we've gone through, you know, eight years of budget cuts at the university, um, sort of some of the biggest reductions in funding that, um, that really the university's ever seen. And, and so, you know, that was um, really unprecedented. You know, that calls for some changes. We're a much smaller university now than we were 10 years ago as a result of that. But, you know, the good news is, is that, you know, we, we really kind of dug in, we found ways to take those budget cuts. And we are, we're sort of stable financially. But, you know, right now, we are, we're working with the governor and working with the legislature, you know, we, we were pleased that to have support last year. And that was sort of the first year that you know, in quite a while that we didn't have budget cuts. And we were able to provide our employees who hadn't seen a, a pay increase in five years with their first pay increase, which was, you know, really good for morale. Um, so as we're looking at things now, um, you know, the governor's put his budget out. And, uh, you know, it is, it, is, it is pretty supportive of the university. So we're, we're grateful for that. Um, and, uh, and, of course, now the legislature needs to do their work. So it's uh, always an interesting moment now in the spring because we, we kind of don't know where we're going to end, but we know that that's what we're going to be operating with come July 1. So um, just hoping that everything moves smoothly and, uh, and the legislature passes a, a budget that works for the university and it works for the governor, it gets signed, and, and we can move forward into the next year. Definitely. Now, I understand you were also working on trying to get some funding for, I think, I believe it was a scholarship program. Is that correct? Well, uh, yeah, actually, I was, I was talking about that. That's, a, that's, a, that's more like a, a personal project of, of me and mine and my, my partner. We've, um, you know, we're longtime supporters of the university. You know, I, both of us, both, both me and my partner, um, got our degrees from UAS. And, uh, and both of us actually um, got our GEDs here in here in town um, and uh, sort of know what that's like to go from not having graduated high school to getting your GED to kind of trying to find your way into the university and it's it's a scary thing you know I, I sort of joke that like the first time I showed up on campus I was worried I was gonna get hit by lightning because you know college you know university that's for the good students that's for the people who graduate top of their class not for people like me who didn't graduate from high school at all and kinda of had to get my GED and go in there but you know, we got some financial support, um, having gotten our GEDs, and that really kind of helped us feel like we did belong and we could we could get in there. So we were looking around, and, and we discovered that actually there is no um, scholarship set up specifically for GED recipients. And so you know, we talked about it, and we're really eager to create what would be the first um, endowed scholarship in in, in Alaska for people who've gotten their GED. So it would be the GED, the Alaska GED uh, Achiever Scholarship. For us, it was really important to have Achiever there because we really want to send the message that it's an achievement to get that and that you're welcome at the university. So, so we're working on that. The, the fund was set up um, last year 
and I think we've got about seven thousand dollars in it now. We're working to get it up to twenty-five thousand because that's the that's the point where it becomes endowed, so that they can take the earn like the permanent fund. They could take the earnings on it and use that to give to scholarships. Once they can do that, it would be like a part-time student could get five hundred dollars, a full-time student could get a thousand dollars, really to help them kind of get going and support their education. So, they're 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 the university is going to be doing their day of caring, sorry, day of giving. Get it get confused. The day of giving on uh, February 22nd and 23rd. And uh, I've, I've actually got a challenge out there. Me and my partner are going to match dollar for dollar um, all donations to that scholarship up to $10,000 because that would get us to the point. That actually would push us over the top. So we would get to that $25,000 point. So hoping that that that, that will be successful. I've um, been out reaching out to folks and trying to spread the word. Um, I can give a web address if you wanted to, or we could move on. No, I mean, go ahead. I don't see why not. Okay, well, if you go to uas.alaska.edu slash pub, that's P-U-B slash G-E-D Achiever, that actually takes you to a page that talks about it. And it's something that I'm really excited about. It's, it's I'm a, I, I guess just, you know, I don't know if you, this, this should really be about me so much, but I'm a real believer in how education can lift people out of poverty, how education can transform lives. I mean, I grew up here in Juneau, really, and, uh, and you know, in a re- you know, pretty much in deep poverty, there was substance abuse. You know, there's reasons why I dropped out of high school, because it was just really tough. And you would think at that point that my future doesn't hold a lot for me, right? That, that you know, I'm a high school dropout, coming out of poverty, you know, don't have a lot of prospects. You know, what's the future going to hold for this person? But we have a university in our hometown. I mean, that's amazing. Uh, we have a university campuses in Ketchikan and Sitka as well. Um, but there was a university here. It was UAJ back then, actually. And, um, and it was an open admissions university. If I got my GED, I could come and take classes. There was no problem. And I could kind of ease my way into it. And because of that, because we had a university here that welcomed me, you know, I'm now, as I said, I'm the vice chancellor for the University of Alaska Southeast. You know, I've been overseeing a budget of between 50 and $60 million, you know, and that's not what you would have predicted for, a, you know, a local high school dropout. And it's only because I got my education to me. So, so to me, it's just personally really important, um, which is why we're trying to do this. And, and I think that there's probably a lot of people like me. I was, I was looking at the numbers and, and you know, the numbers of people who don't complete high school in Alaska are pretty stark. Um, and, you know, when you start looking at different groups, I think in Alaska native population, it's only 65% complete high school. And, if, and for kids who are in the foster uh, program, um, it's less than half. So less than half of the, of the kids in the, in, in the foster home program actually complete it. So having a way to bridge from, you know, from getting your GED into college and be able to say, Higher education is for everyone. Higher education is for you is just something I just passionately believe in. No, definitely. And I can understand why you you would go there because, I mean, I've met a number of people over the years where they feel they felt that same similar stigma that they got their GED, but they didn't finish high school. And so then they felt like, oh, there's only so many options that I really have. And so I could see how something like that would be a very strong motivator being like, hey, I'm also now able to you know reach these higher levels of education. I'm able to further develop myself in that manner. It's also funny because as a, as another UAS alumni, I remember seeing some of those UAJ boxes just in storage, <laughs> when helping helping move stuff around. So it's funny that you mentioned that. 
Yeah, I've, I've, I have my UAJ stickers. I actually have the bumper sticker from the University of Alaska Juno still hanging up in my office as a reminder kind of where, where we came from. But uh, it's been actually great in the time because when I came in there, you had UAJ, you had Islands Community College over in Sitka, and you had the Ketchikan Community College over in Ketchikan. And each campus had a, had a strong, strong identity. Um, you know, the, and proud of, proud of who they were. And so to say that we're going to merge this all together, but you know, it was interesting because, because, um, you know, Fairbanks, Anchorage and Southeast, we all did the same thing. We merged together, but you know, there's a University of Alaska Anchorage and it has extended campuses, right? There's a University of Alaska Fairbanks and it has extended campuses, but it was a deliberate choice when they made the University of Alaska Southeast that it wouldn't be the University of Alaska Juneau with campuses. It would be the University of Alaska Southeast and we'd be a regional university. And that was, you know, it took a long journey to get that, to really embrace that, that we are one university and there's important things that happen at each one of our campuses. Um, but I really do think that in the last 20 years in particular, that we've really achieved that, that it's that we are this Southeast University that kind of pulls our Southeast communities together. And it's been it's been inspiring to see that kind of dream that was formed in about 1988 become the reality that it is now. Definitely. Well, another thing I definitely want to talk about is I understand there's the, the new building that's being constructed next to the Anderson building. That's right. We're really, really excited. It's been a long time coming, um, but it's it's uh, it's moving right along. Yeah, no, I remember when I was finishing up my time at UAS, they had just finished clearing out that lot and getting all that land ready. And so now to come back, you know, another year later and seeing that it's actually about halfway there is definitely pretty exciting. Well, it is. And I don't know if you know the, the sort of history behind that, but that was, of course, the old, um, the, the old NOAA lab that was there, had been there really since the 1950s. Um, the building that, that was there. And so, you know, that was the NOAA, of course, moved out to their new facility. And so that, that property was there. And we actually never knew that we would have the opportunity to acquire that. So it wasn't a part of our plan because it never looked like it would be a possibility. But that was put up by the federal government. Um, and we were able to apply for use um, and, you know, through a program through Department of the Federal Department of Education. So if we meet the requirements, then we will be able to receive that property. It will become Alaska state property from the federal government you know, over the course of that 30 years, and we'll be able to receive it for free. So we wouldn't have to pay for that. Of course, we had to pay for the building, but that's a whole other story. The, it, was a, it was a unique opportunity. The whole, the whole uh, property that was, being, that was the NOAA thing was actually put up, and actually what you had was a situation where both the, the city through the docks and harbors sort of put up a proposal to, to get the land, and the university put a proposal for, to get the land. So it was a lengthy process because both of those proposals were good, and um, and so what the federal government said is, hey, you guys go work it out and figure out, you know, how to divide it up. And so in the end, um, sort of splitting it down, the, the city is getting the northern part of about 60 percent of that land. And then the, the university got the part there by the Anderson building. And so the city can develop their goals. We can develop our goals. And uh, and so we were we were moving forward with that. But, you know, the budget cuts were hitting and COVID hitting, so we kept delaying the project. I think you were, you were telling me that you were a, a student at UAS, so you were, you were probably there through all those times where we were kind of stop and go, ready to go, and then we had to pull it back. Um, one of the unique things about that building is that um, we are internally funding it. Um, and so oftentimes uh, for universities, when they're looking to put up new buildings, um, they will either get a some massive donor, you know, so you get the Alaska Airlines Center or something like that, 
or you'll have um, you know uh, public lo- public debt. So we'll put out bonds to try to raise raise the money. And what what UAS did because of the time we were in, it was unlikely that we would get either kind of funding. And so what we did is we set up a program by which we just um, set aside, um, you know, as positions become vacant and we've got some salary savings, basically set aside the funds that we could, you know, that we could throughout the, the time period that we were delayed so that we could save up enough money to be able to combine with the, uh, we sold a building, we sold the old uh, Horton's hardware store out there in the Oak Bay area that we'd had for quite a while, um, is, uh, is, is now the, 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 the brew house out there. But uh, so we sold a building, we did a number of other things, and we're able to internally gather together enough funds so that we don't have any debt. So we're not going to have, it didn't raise our operating costs, so we're not going to need to sort of be, be being raising tuition or something to pay down the debt on the building. So we're pretty excited about that. But the, the building's really going to complement the existing Anderson building. The Anderson building is, is a great building for the scientific labs. And so we've got a seawater system that kind of comes in there so the faculty can do research with, with seawater within the lab, good chemistry labs, that type of thing. What this new building's going to do is two things. It's going to provide uh, a teaching lab space. Um, for us to be working with. It has a couple classrooms. It's got a great space for students to gather and just as, a, as like a lounge space to do. It'll be able to look out right over the, the Oak Bay um, area. So it'll be a spectacular view. There'll also be faculty offices and it's gonna allow us to bring faculty who are right now scattered across several different buildings all together into one place. And so students you know, taking those uh, marine biology and other classes will be able to be there with their faculty kind of all concentrated together in those buildings. And so that's, that's pretty exciting. But probably more importantly, it's going to allow us um, to look at uh, moving out of what we currently call the Natural Sciences Research Lab. So that's an old 17,000 square foot building um, that's located sort of behind the bus barn here in Juneau, about three miles off the campus. And it's an old building, and it's not a particularly energy efficient building, so it's costly for us to maintain. So that's about 17,000 square feet. Our new building is about between 12, 11 and 12,000 square feet. So we're actually able to replace a larger, less efficient building with a newer build, with a new building that is both smaller and more energy efficient. And so this is ultimately going to reduce our operating costs so that we can, again, have more of our money going to serving the students than, you know, paying for electricity and, and doing that type of work. It's also going to make it so we don't have what they call deferred maintenance, where you you have to you know, replace roofs on building. And you've got, you know, as a building gets older, it needs more and more maintenance. And so, you know, replacing a much older building with a newly constructed building with with new technology etc is going to really help us out going forward so we're pretty excited about it it will um it's under construction now um it's moving along pretty good we were pretty worried given the supply chains issues going on globally um but we've got a great contractor that's blazing construction out of kenai who's been doing the work on it and uh, the the hope is that um the plan is for it to be available for classes one year from now and so spring of 2024, students could be taking classes in that building. Again, it's a bit of a fingers crossed type of thing because you kind of don't know if something's going to happen to the supply chain and throw a monkey wrench into things. But, uh, but as it is right now, we're looking forward for, uh, for the marine biology student of 2020, spring of 2024 to be able to be in a brand new building and a brand new teaching space and, and one that isn't going to bring us debt and increased operating costs. So, so pretty excited about that. 
it definitely sounds like it. I try not to date myself too often, but I remember when I was finishing up at UAS, we had just cleared that lot, and so that all that land was plowed down, had gravel on it. It was going to get ready for construction, but I had graduated by the time any construction ever actually started. Now, another topic I wanted to talk to you about was how the university is moving forward now that obviously we're out of the pandemic and we're starting to get back to more on-campus, in-person teaching. So how has that been looking? It's actually been looking really good. I, I mean, I think, as you know, um, you know, we, of course, rewind back to 2020, right? You know, in spring, March of 2020, um, you know, our worlds, everybody's world got turned upside down. And we, uh, by, by April 1st, we were in lockdown. We had to shut down all of our classes. Students got shipped out of housing. Um, and so things were looking pretty grim. Um, but by the fall, you know, UAS had opened up again in that we were still having quite a few classes being taught remotely, but we did have on-campus students living in housing. We did have on-campus classes being held. And we've been slowly ramping up each semester since then with more and more on-campus activity. You know, last, even last, we, we were pretty careful. We were really committed to sort of following the latest scientific guidance, the latest advisories from the CDC and others. So we're pretty careful. But, you know, last fall, as we headed into the fall, we did relax our masking restrictions. And um, so students could meet in their classrooms largely as they had previously. Um, and uh, at this point in time, you know, uh, things are looking pretty good. I do want to take a moment to say, you know, the students who came in fall of 2020, it was pretty clear that they really appreciated that they were able to do that. Um, you know, they had been like for the students who were coming out of high school, for example, you know, they had had to go and learn remotely and they had their their student friends that were taking classes elsewhere in the nation where they were kind of going into lockdown, going into remote, coming out of remote, et cetera. And at UAS, we were able to to teach on campus and keep it open. We never did, you know, shift back to fully remote. And that's because the students took it really seriously. It was like heading into the fall as a, now I'm a gray-haired administrator, as you can see. For the radio audience, I don't have as much hair on the top, but I'm gray on, gray on my chin. But So we're kind of worried, would our students act really responsibly? Or would they act in a way that made it so we had to kind of ramp things back again? And the students exceeded all of our expectations. I mean, they took it. They, they actually raised the bar. I began thinking, man, I need to watch my step on campus because the students are doing such a good job at taking all the precautions and taking it seriously. And because of that, we never had to shut down. We never had to kind of close the doors or shift classes back. We had really low rates on campus. I mean, I mean shockingly low rates of, of COVID, um, both in the, from our students, um, from the folks living in housing, um, folks in classes. We did have a big surge in early 2021 that was kind of scary. Um, that's when the Omicron sort of hit us. But other than that, um, because because of the attitude that the students and the faculty took, we've just progressively been opening up more and more. And as things are now, um, you know, it is, lar I would say, largely business as usual on the campus. You know, the parking lot is starting to fill up again. We do have, you know, a fair amount of people who are still working in at least a partially remote way, but that has to do with a lot of factors. Um, it has to do with, among other things, um, you know, the childcare issues that we have in our communities and other types of things. But but most, most staff are working at least a portion of their hours face-to-face -face on campus. And uh, it, it is feeling a lot more like, you know, the, the campus that I've, I've known and loved for these years. Well, definitely. Well, 
I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I definitely appreciate you coming in and chatting with me today. It sounds like you got a lot going on at the university. It'll be interesting to see how that all develops, for sure. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me here. All righty.